Welcome Bears fans to another episode of Bears Cat. I'm Thomas. I'm Jim. And we're two jamokes who will light your fire all week long and then commiserate with you after we get doused. <laughs> so, Jim, uh, give him the stuff. Ah, thanks for tuning in to another week. Follow us on Twitter at Bears underscore scat. And the first thing that we're going to talk about is a topic that's all too familiar to us Bears fans, which is that the Bears went up to Lambeau Field and lost. Ugh. Um, and I know that it really sucked watching that game because it's never fun losing to the Packers and it's never fun seeing Aaron Rodgers be happy and listening to the broadcast talk about how amazing he is and how long he's been the Bears or the Packers quarterback and how long he's owned the Bears. But to me, it really wasn't surprising that the Packers won. It didn't really surprise me that the Bears didn't look very right. good. And people are really freaking out already because the offense looked bad, the Bears looked bad, and the Packers owned the Bears. And I guess I don't really know what people were expecting. And some of these hot takes are just flying around a little bit recklessly, in my opinion. Yeah, agreed. Um, it was, well, for one thing, it's a bitter horse pill. Uh, especially against 12, because he's just so dislikable. Uh, you know, the, uh, the network was compounding it with, uh, Chris Collinsworth getting ready to molest (laughs) (laughs) number 12. I mean, these games are always torture. Yeah. The nationally televised game up at Lambeau, which seems to happen every year. It, it's just always a miserable experience for Bears fans. The uh, them talking about the we own I own you thing every eight minutes. Uh, you know, it was it was just it was just a painful game to watch. And yeah, uh, Bears fans, um, if you forgot what we've been talking about during the off season, we're not good. <laughs> and the Packers are good. I think people might have thought that they were going to be bad after their week one performance. And this isn't a great version of the Packers right now. No. It might be by the end of the year if their receivers develop and they stay healthy. But right now they're still a pretty good team and they're certainly a lot better than the Bears. And they have yeah. a Hall of Famer at quarterback. Right. Who's won back-to-back MVPs. Right. They're still really good. And the Bears still really aren't very good. Right. You know... Well, part of it also is the team, Chicago is still so new. Everything is new. Yeah. Um, you know, they reflected on the average age of the team, you know, which is the youngest team in the NFL at 24 years old. Uh, our offensive coordinator, he was not an offensive coordinator last year. He's never been an offensive coordinator. He is not, he, he's got to learn, uh, you know, the, the play that is easy to focus on is the fourth down play, um, which I personally believe, uh, he was in, uh, I personally believe he did break the plane. Um, but you know, the, the refs called it the way they did. Um, and, uh, they felt like there wasn't enough evidence to overturn it. Uh, you know, that's the way football is. And it's not surprising we didn't get that call at Lambeau. But it was it was questionable as to why we were running the ball so well 
and with with Herbert and with Montgomery, um, why did they choose Fields to run it? Why did they choose Fields to run it out of the shotgun? Yeah. Um, you know, they, they were talking to uh, Packers and players, and, you know, a lot of them were saying, yeah, you know, that's power QB, and I'm we were surprised that they ran that. But we weren't surprised that they ran it. We we went out there 100% believing that they're going to run it in this situation. Right. Um, I look at that and I say, you know what? We're new. We're not good and we're new. Yeah, I, I hate that play in general just because I just don't like the idea of your starting quarterback taking a snap out of the shotgun and running full steam ahead into... Uh the chaos that is the line of scrimmage right. that play. The, the scrum. It just seems like a terrible idea in general. And I know other teams run it, but it just seems like an injury waiting to happen. Right. But I, I agree with you. The Bears ran the ball really effectively with their backs. So either... Specifically on that drive. Yeah. So either give it to one of the backs, or if you do want to do a quarterback run, do a play fake and do that the bootleg that you know, sometimes can be a pass or sometimes if everybody crashes in and the quarterback hangs under the ball, then he can just kind of walk into the end zone. Do one of those things. I, I just didn't like the play, just even conceptually. And like I said, I know that other teams run that, especially when they have mobile quarterbacks that are really fast. But I, I just don't think it's a good idea because it just seems like an injury waiting to happen. And I agree with you. I thought he got into, but that wasn't what cost the Bears the game. Right. Even if they had scored there, they were still down seven with seven minutes to go or something like that. And It was still improbable that they would win. Exactly. And the Packers were going to keep scoring. The Bears couldn't really stop the Packers either. I don't think the defense had a terrible game. It's certainly not anywhere near the worst performance we've seen up at Lambeau, but... The Packers were kind of moving the ball wherever they wanted. They weren't getting the huge explosive plays that we're used to seeing where it's Jordy Nelson standing in the end right. zone and the closest defensive back is <laughs> 40 yards away. But the defense wasn't great. We, we can get into them a little bit more. Really, what surprised me a lot was just how little they threw the ball. I think they called 18 pass plays. Fields actually threw 11 passes. Right. You're just not going to win very many games with those numbers, especially against a good team. This week, which we're going to talk about in a little bit, or when you're playing a bad team, you can keep the ball on the ground and win against a bad team. But when you're on the road playing a team like the Packers, you got to have those explosive plays. And the Bears didn't really either seem interested or they just didn't trust the offense to execute those plays. And that's not necessarily surprising to me. Like you said, they're new. It's a terrible spot for the Bears. It's week two at Lambeau. The Packers are fired up. Lambeau's fired up. It's loud in there. Packers are a much better team. I, I can understand the conservative game plan, but I was a little surprised that they threw the ball that seldomly during the game. Agreed. And, you know, uh, you're reflecting um, what a lot of the talking heads said. Um, the... The part I would mention is that right now there was reflection by Biggs, uh, uh, by Brad Biggs, that you know, may, is it that the coaching staff doesn't doesn't trust Justin Fields? Um, <clears throat> I think that that's a leap. Um, I I just it's hard for me to believe that Ryan Poles 
or Matt Eberflus or Getze came to this team knowing that the Bears are completely invested in Justin Fields and didn't come with the idea that, you know what, this is our guy and we got to make it work. Until at least it's shown definitively that he's not the guy. Right. Which I think right now, this, like today, this minute, that is pretty far from settled. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's a matter of, is do they not trust Fields? Do they not trust the offense in general? I can understand not trusting the offense as a, as a unit. How, how right can now. you look at our offensive line and say you trust our offensive line? Yeah, I mean, the, the tackles both had rough games. And, you know, uh, interestingly, uh, they, I saw a couple of plays uh, that, um, that Braxton Jones had where he actually did very well. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I mean, he's literally played two NFL games, you know? Yeah, exactly. He's a, he's a rookie. He's a fifth-round pick. He's not going to be uh, all-pro left tackle walking into the NFL when he played at Southern Utah. Right. So, I could understand to a degree why the coaching staff said, all right, we don't want to get the quarterback killed. We don't want the quarterback to be running around and putting the ball into harm's way. Let's play this one conservative. Let's see if we can make some things happen on the ground, which they actually did. They ran the ball really effectively. And let's see if maybe we can get a couple turnovers and sneak out of here with a W. That obviously didn't happen, but I can understand the, the thought to a degree. The hope is that as the season goes on, you see fewer and fewer games like that. Right. I mean, there was one play. It was at the end of the first half. The Bears had... They, they started a, a drive on their own 25 after a touchback, and they had, I think, 33 seconds left and two yeah. timeouts, and they ran one screen pass that was caught but went nowhere, and then they just let the clock run out. I mean, what do you, what do you think Rodgers would have done in that situation? Right. The, the back, that drive would have ended in a field goal for sure, at least, if not, if not a touchdown. So, obviously, that's Aaron Rodgers. We're talking about the right. Bears. And you're, you're talking about <laughs> maybe, arguably, the best guy in the NFL in that particular situation. Right. And, as you mentioned, a future first ballot Hall of Famer. We may hate the guy, but you can't take away from... You can't take his performances away from him. That's what he's done. Exactly. And just the level of hot takery, which is that... Oh, now Fields is a bust, and Mooney's terrible, and Cole Komet's terrible. Yeah, none of them have had good starts to the year. Obviously, Game 1, San Francisco, great defense, playing in the middle of a hurricane. Game 2, Green Bay, up at Lambeau, just historically a terrible spot for the Bears. It might sound like we're making excuses for the offense, and maybe to a degree we are, but they're not going to do well in those spots. They're not ready to play at that level of competition because of, like you said, inexperience, number one. Two, just lack of financial investment. I, I don't know how what the differential is between what Green Bay is paying their players compared to what we're paying our players. But Huge. There's a significant gap there because the Bears are playing a, paying a bunch of money to players that aren't here anymore. It's just... A uh, very, very clear example of everything that we talked about for four months. This right. team isn't built to walk into Green Bay and win a game on Sunday Night Football in Week 2. 
it doesn't mean that they won't be in that spot a year from now, but right now they're just not there. And I, Not to mention that we're playing against the guy who loves nothing more than to torture Bears fans. Yeah, just loves sticking it to the Bears. And he is coming off a game where he got his ass kicked. So we had just about everything working against us. So, you know, it's just, we just need to keep in focus that the whole point of right now is to just figure out who is real investments on the team and will be there for, say, three seasons or four seasons. And who is just a fill-in guy? Exactly. Uh, to me, that's the way I look at our team right now. It's, it is, that's exactly what we're doing. we got to figure out who the core players are. Is Braxton Jones a core left tackle? Right now, i got to say, he's looked pretty damn good for considering what we invested in him. As, as well, He's played as well as you could expect, reasonably. Yeah, and if he is... I mean, talk about a huge coup, right? right? So, there's a lot of players like that. I mean, Dominique Robinson, he got his name called again the other night. I mean, how huge is that? There's a, there, you know, uh, uh, the, the commentators that did actually comment on Robinson and saying, you know, right now it's kind of looking like there's 31 other teams that are kicking themselves for not picking this guy up. Right? So, you know, look at the... Try... While we're all bitter about what happened, and we all hate losing to that team, let's try and look at some of the positives that are happening, because there are some. And there's still development happening, specifically at the quarterback position. Right. Look at the quarterbacks that Fields was drafted with. None of them are... None of them are doing good. None of them are setting the world on fire yet. Lawrence had a good game last week that might have been his first good game in the NFL. Wilson hurt. Trey Lance, unfortunately for him, hurt. hurt. And not to mention, in his first week, looked awful. Yeah, Davis Mills, who the Bears are playing this week, he's been pretty bad this year. And that was a fifth-round pick, I think. So it takes time, especially when you're not drafted into a good situation, which Fields wasn't with the Matt Nagy lame duck year. There's definitely things that are disappointing that are still happening. For example, throwing the ball when he's three yards past the line of scrimmage because he has no idea where he is on the field. That's the kind of thing that I had hoped would be cleaned up by now, and clearly it hasn't been. Right. But to expect him to be a Pro Bowl quarterback at this point just isn't consistent with the development curve of anybody that he was drafted with at the moment. And none of the quarterbacks that were drafted this year and I know it was a weak year for quarterbacks but none of them are even playing yet so it takes time not everybody walks onto the field day one and is great now again the first two games that the Bears had on their schedule when the schedule came out everybody said those are terrible matchups like those are both probably losses (laughs) yeah The, the, the most optimistic Bears fan said maybe we can steal one of those. Nobody had him going on or nobody had him going 2 and 0. So right now they're 1 and 1. That you can say they stole the game against San Francisco, but they won it. That's all that matters at the end of the day. There is no stole column. There's yeah. no what a shoulda coulda. There's two columns, win and lose or or tie, which, yeah. which Lovey Smith is already familiar with this year. <laughs> but the schedule now after those first two games becomes just a lot more manageable. 
You got the Texans this week. After that, it's the Giants. I know the Giants are 2-0, and but they stink. The Vikings at home, Washington. So now that they're through the first two really, really difficult games, if the offense is still looking terrible after this week, after next week, then I think it might be time to start expressing some of those concerns and having them be a little bit more legitimate. But anybody selling stock on the offense after these first two games, I just don't really know what you were expecting. Yeah, and, you know, so you mentioned, you know, a a few weeks down the road. Uh, I, for one, do not see huge improvement happening for this team. It's going to take a while. Now, one thing that I thought was interesting, and I'm interested to hear your take on this, um, the next night, I was watching uh, the Eagles absolutely burn the Vikings' house to the ground. Yeah. Oh, and their $70 million quarterback have a 40% completion percentage and have three picks. Tough performance. Yeah. Um, while the second-round pick that was playing across from him looked like the demolition man. He looked like an android. Mm-hmm. And let's not let's not let's not forget. Um Jalen Hurts has been criticized as much as any quarterback in the league over the last two seasons, right? This I'll is, I'll raise my hand. I haven't been a, a huge fan. Well I'll tell you what he's, he's looked awesome this year. He was he looked unstoppable and no he wasn't doing it with his legs. He was cooking people he was throwing absolute lasers, and you know he was doing it against a pretty decent defense too, mm-hmm. who couldn't do anything with him. So you know it, it's it, it's about investment, right? I mean, we as we as fans have to be invested in in fields and realize that it's going to take a while for for things to change. You know, the longest for all the off season, really the. The main theme of of all the talking heads was, oh, well, they're not doing enough to support uh, fields. They're not putting enough players around fields. We know that, and it's going to take a while for that to happen. You know, we we watched uh, Pace turn the team into a dumpster fire. <laughs> so Pulse comes in, and he's trying to fix it. I think we're fortunate in the fact that it seems like we got a pretty bright young executive that's coming in and he's making some drastic changes and he's been pretty point blank about it that, hey guys, this is a two to three year plan. <laughs> this isn't yeah. overnight. So, you know, what, what, are, what, are, what are the people out there seeing? Well, and that's, that, that, that's the interesting thing about the Hertz comparison because... Look at the amount of talent that Jalen Hurts is surrounded with compared to the Bears. Yeah, it's not close. The Eagles have maybe the best offensive line in football. Like, Lane Johnson was like a fourth overall pick. Jason Kelsey's going to the Hall of Fame. Like, one of the best lines in football, if not the best. They trade for A.J. Brown in the offseason. Like, legit, legit number one receiver. They draft Devontae Smith, Heisman Trophy winner. Like, surrounded with a ton of talent and... That's probably uh, at least a part of why Hertz has developed so well. That's was my biggest concern going into the year is can you develop a quarterback when you're surrounding him with Darnell Mooney and Cole Komet and uh, paper mache offensive line in some places? Right. Well, 
see the answer to that. I, I still think Mooney and Komet are going to start showing up. I'm not ready to write them off after two games where they've been pretty invisible, but they don't compare to the skill position players that the Eagles have. And this is year three for Hertz. This is year two for Fields. So the two aren't necessarily aligned in terms of how long they've been in the league, but it's, it's an interesting comparison for sure, because similar skill sets, kind of similar pedigrees when you talk about Hertz, played for Bama, played for Oklahoma, Fields obviously played for Georgia, and then uh, most Ohio of his State. career at Ohio State. Yeah. So, um, I, I think they have fairly similar skill sets, too. Yeah, and yeah, I mean, Hertz is... I mean, people talk about Hertz as a, run, as a running quarterback. I don't consider him a running quarterback. I think he's pass first, run second. And Fields is better than him when you talk about just pure talent, I think. I think so, I, too. I think Fields has a better arm than Hertz. Hertz might be bigger, but in terms of just pure throwing the ball talent, I think Fields outranks Hertz a little bit. So I think, and I think Fields is a is above most of the quarterbacks in the NFL as far as his athleticism uh, versus his size, because we we forget. Fields is big. <laughs> he's, well, and, he's six foot three, two hundred twenty five pounds. He's a big guy. And and Hertz has also had good coaching. Like yes, he, that's uh, that's what I was waiting for you to to touch on. Is Hertz has had the same coach the whole time. He, his rookie year was for Peter Doug Peterson. Okay, but still Doug Peterson Super Bowl winner. Yeah, like and then and so the last two years he's had the same yeah, guy Sirianni. I mean. You know that's the hardest thing is is that you say well it's it's Fields' second year right because technically it is his second year, but you and I certainly were blowing it out loud that that piece of garbage we got rid of, you know he did about everything wrong that you could have possibly done with that rookie. Yeah, last year was completely bungled. It was a, it was a total waste. There's there's no other there's no other way to spin it. It was just a complete disaster from day one. Yeah. So, you know, this it to me is, you know, it's Fields having to learn how to work with entirely new people in an entirely new system with all brand new players, you know, and with with the amount of experience that's that's there, it's just not going to happen. Yeah, we'll we'll see. I I am expecting him and the offense in general to look better against the Texans. Not that the Texans are terrible. Like we'll get to them later. They're not good, but they're not awful. But it's certainly a defense that's a lot less talented than the Packers. So I wouldn't be surprised if the offense looks a little bit better, and then people could hopefully start freaking out at least about the quarterback. We'll see. If they look terrible again, then next week's podcast will have a different tone to it because getting <laughs> shut down by the Texans at Soldier will be a different vibe than getting shut down by the Packers at Lambeau, but I don't think that's going to happen. You know, and the thing is, is um, we we can look at it however we we want as fans, right? But the team has to try and coalesce around someone, and until that happens, we're not going to be a good team. And I feel like this is the most hopeful prospect of that happening they've had maybe ever. Mm -hmm. I'm not kidding. I'm not exaggerating. I mean, maybe in the history of the team. You know, so, you know, one thing that you and I have talked about. Jim McMahon is not a great quarterback. He never was a great quarterback. He was a great leader on the team. Mm -hmm. But he wasn't like, 
super athlete. He was not like super great uh, as far as stats go. Um, in fact, you know, he spent after he got body slammed by Charles Martin, he's, he spent half of his career on the injury list. Right. But, um, Cutler, Cutler is probably the most talented quarterback that they've ever had as far as, as far as pure talent, right? Not to mention a rocket for an arm. Yeah. Uh, and he had some pretty high accuracy too. You know what? He's, his, his career accuracy with the Bears, 63%. And I mean, he threw a lot of damn passes for the Bears, right? Yeah. So that's pretty good. But he, you know, um, it, it never worked out with him either. They they have to, we've got to temper our expectations, you know? I mean, uh, compare, compare Justin, if, if you're a Bears fan and you want to look at something, compare Fields to the rest of the league. You know, I mean, I can tell you right now, there's a lot of guys that are behind him. Uh, you know, I was uh, I was talking with my with my buddies watching the uh, watching the Vikings game. Their guy is making seventy million dollars, and he looked like dog shit. It's funny. I, I didn't know if it was possible for a fan base to hate their quarterback more than the, <laughs> more than the Bears fans hated Cutler. I mean, wow! <laughs> but like every Vikings fan hates Cousins. It's so they, funny. They do. They all hate it, except for Melissa. Shout out to Melissa. I think <laughs> I think I think we'll have her on in a couple weeks, but. For the mo- for the most part, every Vikings fan I talk to is just like, man. And Church, Churchian loves uh, loves cousins oh, too. Good for him. But <laughs> but um, but my point is is that cousins is supposed to right now is supposed to be leading that team to the Super Bowl, and while they looked really good against uh, the Packers in Week One, they looked equally awful if not worse uh, in that following monday uh in in philadelphia yeah they were terrible um okay i want to and move... he has the weapons oh yeah he does and the coaching the ha- offensive coach for the first time at least with the vikings right um another player i want to move on that i th- saw a lot of hot takes related to is a defensive player and that was kylo gordon yeah and the packers were going after him a ton and he got beat a few times, yep. but the people that are saying he had an awful game, it's like, yeah, he got beat a few times, but they were throwing at him on every play, and it's Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. He's gonna get... And, and, and Rodgers figured out real quick... God, I just said his name. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but he figured out real quick, um, he probably went into that game going, I know who I'm gonna pick. You and, know? and Gordon was right there on almost every one of them. It's not like he was getting burnt left and right. The only play I, I thought he got beat really badly on was like the last drive of the game with Watkins. Right after the game was already over, that was after the failed fourth down. Like, he also had a he also had a great uh, tip pass, a couple of nice plays. Uh, you the know, one you're uh, pass about block. Is, yeah, yeah. The in the uh, that say it was a, a touchdown saving pass. Yeah, the uh, pass one defense. Lazard in the end zone, but yeah. I mean, he was hanging right on the guy that caught the ball on three or four of those completions, and it's a, a second-year cornerback playing his, sorry, his second game in the league as a cornerback going against Aaron Rodgers, who's probably the most accurate quarterback. Like, if, if that's who you're going to pick on, he's going to get his completions against pretty much every single cornerback in the league. And we've seen that how many times with yeah. him. And so 
the people that were saying he had a terrible game, including the the broadcasters, I was kind of just like, man, just cut the cut the kid a break. I mean, yeah, I mean, you uh, you know, you can look at uh, at twelve, and you can make an argument that he might be the most accurate quarterback in the history of the NFL. Yeah. I mean, he's literally at that level. So, uh, you know, I, I still am 100% behind the choice by polls to draft uh, those those two DBs. Uh, they, I do believe that those were the two best players available at those spots. Um, and they filled a need, a very, very big need. Um, I definitely uh, think that our uh, secondary is better than it was last year. <laughs> way better. By yeah, way better. Yeah. So you know what? What is it that you know? What is it that you want? There, there's, there's just we're going to struggle. Those guys are going to struggle. All we can look for, and this is what I think you and I have said time and again, is we just want to see improvement. We want to see the team play as a team. And I, I still feel like even though that they were. Um, they were definitely a little shaky, a little discombobulated the other night. I still felt a team spirit out of them. I still felt like they went into that game, like knowing that all Bears fans are like, oh, guys, please win us this game. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the sec- specific to the secondary, they haven't looked incompetent. No! Like, they've made a couple mistakes, but they haven't been beaten for any backbreaking, you know, 50-yard touchdowns. They have looked pretty standard in my opinion they've looked you know middle of the pack eddie jackson's playing much better much better gordon and brisker they're young they played two games right it's pretty rare that you have a secondary starting two rookies and then by the way the third and let's be real brisker has already shown some stuff yeah exactly and um and the the other cornerback vildor he's young too i mean it's just it's a young secondary right now and they're going to make their mistakes, but so far they've looked okay. I, trust me, we've seen absolute disaster defensive performances up in Green Bay. Yeah. That wasn't it on Sunday night. No. They couldn't stop the run. The tackling wasn't very good. The front seven's just not very good. No. I mean, the defensive line is not great. The linebackers aren't great. Roquan Smith didn't have a very good game. Tackling was bad. I heard Matt Eberflus was all fired up about that, so you know that... That'll be a point of emphasis this week going up against the Texans. But in terms of just playing the pass, the secondary's been fine for two games. I mean... We've got to let these guys grow. Yeah, they're not going to shut Aaron Rodgers down. Maybe 10 weeks from now, or whenever we play the Packers again, they'll have a better showing and they won't allow some of those same completions that they allowed uh, Sunday. But like you said, I mean... You got to give these guys some time to develop on the job. They're they're young. Uh, and um, note, uh, I think if uh, that Vikings team is playing that Packer team on Sunday night that week rather than that first week, I, I think that's a different outcome. That team, that Packers team, was not playing that Vikings team in Week One. No. So um, you know, I I I think uh, with us. Um, you know, it's like you said, we did, we, we, we thieved week one a little bit, right? We, we made some uh, key stops. Um, we were playing against, uh, 
rookie quarterback in his first NFL game, essentially, right? Uh, and, you know, he, and he wasn't very good. Um, but to me, if you look at the Niners and say, oh, well, the Bears beat them, uh, you're smoking a pipe <laughs> because that team is still very good. And also just weird things happen in week one sometimes. Yeah. I mean, last year the Packers got absolutely smoked by the Saints. The Saints didn't even make the playoffs. So, yeah. I mean, just sometimes you just kind of get these clunkers in week one or in the Bears case, they were playing in the middle of a downpour right and they were running through puddles and the <laughs> the biggest play of the game was a completely broken play where fields found pettis on that scramble which uh, which did, we know that's not gonna happen every week did, did, did you see the uh the thing with equanimia st brown this week i think it was john's tweeted out a video and this happens every time the bears are up at lambo <laughs> where it's like oh equanimia st brown wide open justin fields doesn't throw it to him and it was like, I remember there was like the same thing last year with Robinson. And a couple years ago, there was one of those with like Trey Burton. And then it's always like the quarterback experts then come out and defend the quarterback. And they're like, well, the progression's not supposed to go to that receiver. So they're not supposed to throw it there at all. It's just like, we just stopped doing that stuff. Yes. Like, no, nobody, like, I, everybody. He missed him. Or, or he was looking on the other side of the field because it was covered up. We, we just don't know. We don't know what the play was designed to do. But the only people that know what happens on certain plays are the players in the locker room. And it's easy to be critical when a guy obviously misses a block or obviously misses a tackle or when a quarterback misses a wide-open receiver. But when it comes to the things where you're showing the all-22 and you see a receiver come open and the ball goes somewhere else, sometimes the ball is just supposed to go somewhere else. Right. I don't know why I forgot to mention that earlier, but I was just like, oh my gosh, every time we go up there, it's another still shot of a Bears wide receiver wide open. It's just like, sometimes the play just doesn't go that way. And, you know, one thing we need to keep in mind is that, yes, management does not have relation to Justin Fields. So, if they go through the season and Fields doesn't show any significant improvement, well... That means that most likely the team has very few wins and will be up for a very high draft pick. Mm -hmm. And I don't think Poles would have any compunction about jettisoning uh, uh, Fields and taking one of those quarterbacks with a top pick. Um, I, I don't. I don't see it. I, I don't think he'd be weepy. No. Um, and you know, if that's what happens, that's what happens. That's why Poles is here. He's supposed to build a team for us. And if you know, I'd like. I'd certainly believe, or I certainly right now believe that Fields is that guy. I do. I could be completely wrong. Good thing I'm not. This isn't my job. Right. <laughs> but but I, that's what I believe right now. And I, but I think that he does need pieces around him to be better, and he doesn't have those yet. Yeah, I mean, the next four games, I read them off earlier, I'll read them again. Texans, Giants, Vikings, Commanders. Like, if the Bears go 0-4 and, and Fields looks terrible, then Bears fans will be talking about tanking the rest of the way to draft a quarterback. I don't know if that's the right or wrong answer. I, it would strike me as terribly unfair to the quarterback just because mm -hmm. he's had one year of Matt yes. Nagy and one year with nothing around him offensively. 
but that will be a topic of discussion. I personally don't think they're going to go 0-4. They could go 2-2, and and we could be talking about a 3-3 and team that is hovering around the playoff picture. At it's that point. possible. You never know, and especially if the Bears win uh, Sunday against the Texans, very winnable game. You only have to get one more of those to be 500 after the first six games of the year. But like you said, I mean, this regime doesn't really have any connection to pretty much any of the roster other than the players they drafted last year. They didn't make any big-time free agent signings. They're right. not, not going to feel bad about cutting Byron Pringle after one year if he continues to not produce. Right. But, so it's part of the whole evaluation process. That's why and, this is a rebuilding year. And with the draft, right? I mean, you know, uh, uh, polls went and, and it kept trading down and trading down so he could build up picks. So he could draft just a buttload of guys, right? Does does Poles actually believe that every single one of those guys is going to turn out to be an NFL player? Of course not. (laughs) I mean, he, but at the same time, what he was looking at is, oh, this guy has talent. He has good, he has good physical size. He possibly could be this job he could be a diamond in the rough let's take a flyer on him and really that's the whole team right you just talked about equinemia st brown right i mean he's been good you know he's actually done pretty well what did he cost the bears nine hundred thousand dollars which people were mad about that signing i know and it's (laughs) like okay that sounds like a lot of money it's not in the nfl that's not a lot of money right you know they didn't he didn't they didn't have to give up any picks for him. They just, you know, they just went and got a guy who had been cast off. And because because our offensive coordinator said, you know what, I think this guy could be something. And well, I'll tell you what, you know, he caught a touchdown. Yeah. And <laughs> uh, you know, I mean, that's a good start. And going back to where we started off this podcast, it's all about finding guys that can be on the next Super Bowl team. Like right. St. Brown right now is probably the second best receiver on this team. The hope is that he's the fourth best receiver on the team three years from now that's competing for the Super Bowl. Or he's or he's leveled up his game to be at a you know to be highly ranked uh, at a higher rank on the team. Maybe yeah, exactly. But there's players they signed and players they drafted this year that aren't going to turn out. That's what this whole thing is about. And there's players that Pace drafted that we thought were good that might not be here for the long haul if they don't play well. Like Cole Komet, for example. I still think he's going to be all right, but so far through two games, he's done nothing. And if he continues to do nothing, then this regime is not going to be shy about replacing him with somebody else next year. Not to mention that um, uh, there's certainly an argument to be made that uh, to this point, he hasn't been uh, worthy of a second round pick. Um, I think that he's been, I think he had a decent year last year. Was it great? No. Uh, but I thought it was solid. Yeah, uh, he had a solid amount of catches and, uh, you know, he had he had a, fa- a fair amount of first downs. Uh, his I guess his run block, you know, his run blocking is pretty decent. But should we have seen him more than we have? Uh, absolutely. You know, and that's not all on uh, the quarterback. You know, the the best receivers, they make spots for their quarterback. That's how they end up the best receivers. And the thing is, too, now that they're taking a step down in competition, I'd like to see more just easy throws and catches with some of these guys. Like, 
just get the five-yard passing plays that are gimmies. Right. And we haven't seen enough of that. And a lot of times that needs to be step one to get the offense going. How many times do we see, even against these great teams that come out against the Bears, it's not like the first play of the game they're throwing the ball 50 yards down the field. It's six-yard completion, two-yard run, four-yard completion, eight, and then that that they just kind of build up that rhythm and all of a sudden they're standing in the end zone. Like, get some of that going with some of these guys now that we're playing some lesser competition, and let's see if that can build the foundation for well, that some first drive was offense. that first drive was very decent. Yeah, the first drive. Yeah, that's true. The Bears were winning. You kind of forgot. <laughs> you kind of forgot at the end of the game that they were winning seven to three, right? I mean, right. It's an, another thing with Fields though is like, stop diving for the pylon. <laughs> like, yeah, uh, he did that twice, and both times it looked like he almost fumbled it out of the back of the end zone. Like, I understand what you're doing, but unless it's fourth down, like. Live to fight another day and take it. Take 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 the ball in the inch line instead of lunging for the pylon and holding the ball out and letting people swat at it. Yeah, he he's old. You can tell he's ultra competitive. Oh yeah, he wants he, he wants that touchdown. Yeah, he wants he wants to put that team on his back and lead them to victory. You gotta love that spirit, but it's got to be measured. At the same time, though, um, when he's running the ball, notice that he goes he slides pretty much every single time. Um, you know, he, so he, he's playing that smart. Yeah. Uh, so it, it, if you, if you look at it overall, it, it's, as you were saying, the, that, that was a much heralded, uh, class of quarterbacks and none of them are doing real well. Mac Jones was the one that looked the best of all of them last, last year. And we all know that had a lot to do with the fact of where he went and who was coaching him. Mm-hmm. But this year, mm, he's looking okay. You know, I mean, he's not lighting the world on fire. Yeah, they got smoked in a playoff game. It, too, you know, so. Trevor Lawrence is not lighting the world on fire either. And if you want to look at a prototype, I don't think there is a better prototype than that guy. So, but yeah, you know, he's not he's not on the greatest team. They're they're getting better, but they're you know they still got a ways to go too. It, it we have to we have to get around something, and um, you know I don't feel like uh, at least at this point that Fields has had enough uh, time to develop along with his teammates to get to a point where we can see the kind of consistency that we want to see. I just don't see, I, I just don't think that that can happen yet. Yeah, I agree. We'll we'll watch this week if the offense struggles, we'll be singing a different tune if if they're terrible against the Texans. There's one more point I want to get to. I know we got to get to the power rankings. But uh, <laughs> it's it's enough of the the right guard rotation because yeah. Te- Tevin Jenkins looks awesome. Yeah, like, he does. He 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 looks like a legitimately good guard after only playing two games there partially like he's just killing guys in the run game I understand they like Lucas Patrick and if he's not healthy enough to snap the ball yet then let him sit on the bench and when he's healthy enough to snap the ball then he can rotate with Mustafer at center but Jenkins needs to be out there he's their best offensive lineman right now by a mile so stop rotating him the the kids move positions he's playing in a for a coaching staff that you could at least tell in the preseason wasn't bought all into him and he's playing really really well and he's excelling he he should be given the opportunity to 
continue playing and developing in that position. So. Yeah, it's almost like they're trying to find a spot for Lucas Patrick I, I think just they because just, they got Lucas Patrick. I think they just really like him. I, I think they just think that he's a great professional and a good leader in the locker room, and that's that's great, but you don't need to be putting him in there at the expense of letting Jenkins develop. I, I, don't, I don't get the sense that Lucas Patrick's going to be some long mainstay on this offensive line. Uh, I don't think so I think either. He might, he'll be here this year. He might be here another year, but he's not a great player. I, I, I see him as kind of a two-year guy. Yeah, like he's he's not any, he's not going to be a pro bowler. They signed him for $4 million. Yeah. Nice contract, but really good offensive linemen are going for a heck of a lot more than that. Right, so. double. When, like, when he's back and ready to play center, he should play center because Mustafer isn't good. But for now, it's enough of him at right guard until Jenkins gives you a reason otherwise. You know, um, I, I, I would be interested to know what the metrics are on Mustafer though, because, you know, uh, I, don't, I don't think Mustafer's, um, I, I, don't, I, I doubt that he, I still have doubt that he is a starting center in the NFL. Yeah. Um, I definitely think that he is an NFL quality player, um, and I think uh, he's worth having on your team as a backup because he seems like somebody that could yeah. come in and, and you know have it work for you, and get you out of a game. But you know, I, I I don't think without looking at the specific metrics with a with a lineman, you get a real clear picture. Um, he doesn't seem to be doing. As nearly as badly as he did last year. I mean, like like you said, I, I hope that he plays in the NFL for as long as he wants to. He seems like a really nice kid, really hard worker. Seems like he's willing to do whatever the coaches ask of him. But you don't want him as your starting center. Yeah, I, I don't think. Maybe he develops into that a couple years down the road. But I think just ideal backup offensive lineman that plays for a really long time. But it, once Patrick gets back. And he's able to snap the ball, which I guess he was doing in practice today. Then let him rotate with Mustafa if he needs time to get his conditioning back. But yeah. Jenkins deserves to be given the opportunity to play the full game because, like I said, he's the best thing that the offensive line has going for him right now. Yeah, and you know he's um, he he's a fit. You know his youth, uh, his speed, his size. Um, uh, you know it, what's interesting too is because. Um, Coming out of college, you know, there's a lot, there's a lot of uh, the the talent scouts out there that were looking at him as a guard uh, rather than uh, playing tackle. That's what a lot of people were speculating when he was. Only the Bears go and bring him in and go, yeah, he's the new starting left tackle. (laughs) Uh, Wait a second, nobody's been talking about him being a left tackle. Yeah, well, we are. (laughs) but <laughs> once again ryan pace ryan pace okay um, all right so last week we did a power rating segment do you have it pulled up what were the bears last week i forgot so last week the bears were like, 25 okay so if i had to guess and they stayed they, they were 25 the week before that they didn't move even though they um they won and this is the espn power rankings right? correct if i had to guess the only power rankings I would think they're ahead of the Jets, the Texans, the Falcons. And yes, the, yes, yes. And the Seahawks. No. Okay. Then I would that then I would put them at twenty. I would put them at twenty eighth, right? 
They're at 28. All right, that's pretty good. Yeah. Ahead of those good three job. teams. Uh, so, yeah, they All dropped right. from 25 to 28, and the one that you missed was you got the Jets, 29, Panthers uh, at 30. Oh, yeah, I can't do math, duh. <laughs> Texans, 31, Falcons, 32. All right. Hey, we could be the Atlanta Falcons. Yeah. <laughs> Just, oh, wait a second. We were the Atlanta Falcons. <laughs> yeah, a lot of those players were here last year. So, um, you know, uh, so number one, of course, is the Bills. Uh, you know, they're still looking absolutely nasty. Yeah. Um, they're just like, who's next up to just get ground into the cement, uh, into the, I mean, into the field. Uh, so Chiefs, number two, uh, top one in the NFC, Buccaneers. I still haven't seen the fight. Did you see the fight? Yeah, oh yeah. So I, I heard that um, uh, Brady was absolutely livid. Yeah, it looked like the Lattimore, the Saints quarterback, yeah. said something to him that just rubbed him the wrong way. Which I would love to know what that was. <laughs> like if you can get that, if you can get that far into Tom Brady's head, that's some great trash talk. Yeah, because he's not really that guy. No, and if you're Tom Brady, it's like. What's anybody like? What's anybody say to you? Like Tom Brady's ten years older than anybody else right. playing, if not more. So, right. yeah, I mean it was great. And then Mike Evans smoked Lattimore, and it was a pretty solid NFL fight. You don't see too many of those. But the problem <laughs> with the Bucks is they're just insanely banged up right now. And yeah, our guy Akeem Hicks is out a month. Yeah, he hurt his foot. So, but yeah. so yeah, so Bucks are the top NFC team. You know, though, as long as they've got their twelve. Starting, yeah. you, you know, you can't count them out. No. Uh, Rams, four. So even though they've lost one game, um, they're staying They're staying up there. Dolphins at five. Jumped from 11 to five. Yeah, I mean, big wins against uh, a bit of a blowout win against the Patriots. And then a huge come from behind win and kind of a shootout against Baltimore. It'll, it'll do that to you. Yeah, um, I guess... Uh, um, Tua has like the second most passing yards in the NFL right now. Good for him. Um, Chargers, uh, Packers are at seven. They moved up one spot from eight to seven, even though they just beat the Bears. Where are the Lions? Uh, you know, um, so, uh, how the Packers are in front of the Eagles, especially after that game, um, uh, I don't get it. Uh, not to mention that the Eagles are two and zero, and the Packers are one and one. Um, let's see, uh, uh, Ravens at nine, Niners at ten, uh, Vikings at eleven. Uh, they only dropped one spot after getting absolutely crushed on national television. Uh, you know, speaking of quarterback play, um, okay, $70 million man, supposed to be taking him to the Super Bowl, certainly didn't look like that, uh, in that game. Um, uh, Saints, 12, uh, let's see here, Broncos, Cardinals, Bengals, Patriots, Browns, Steelers, these are all your middle guys, uh, Giants. 2-0, and moved from 24 to 19. All right. So there's a little bit of a jump. Your kitties, Motor City kitties, moved from 27 to 20. All right. With that one win. So I, they, they're they a bandwagon favorite right now. Everybody's jumping on the uh, 
on the on the Detroit bandwagon. Um, I still say Jared Goff sucks. <laughs> well, he's put up a lot of points this year, so I think they've got to be close to top of the league in scoring because they scored thirty five week one, and they had a really nice game against Washington. Goff didn't look good though, if you actually watched the game. So, <laughs> so uh, you know, um, yeah, it, it, be that as it may, they're obviously uh, playing uh, a better football, better level of football than Lions football. So. Um, that's, so, that's a, that's a big thing. So, so if we go back to bears, Texans, right? So right. you said the bears are 28th and the Texans are 30th. Is that right? Yeah. Uh, Texans, right. They're 31st. 31st. Okay. So, uh, they actually dropped a spot, uh, after their tie. Um, it says, uh, Davis Mills hasn't built on the momentum he generated from last season in the first two games. He has completed 56% of his passes and has a passer rating of 80. Through two games, the defense has played well, holding opponents to 18 points per game. But the Texans' offense has failed to score more than 20 points, and a good amount of the blame is on Mills. Struggling on third down, 8 for 19 for 41 41 yards, and only completing 36% of his passes. So, you know, um, it's like you said. We better be really pushing these guys to the test. Um, we have every much, every bit as much chance to win that game as they do. Um, this is a game where you want to see a, a higher level of play out of uh, fields. And we need to see uh, those prime candidates that you were calling out, uh, you know, Komet um, and... Um, a Mooney uh, jumping out. We need to see their number get called. Yeah, for sure. I mean, this is uh, this is as much of a coin flip game as you'd ever find in the NFL. Two teams that are not good towards the bottom end of the league in terms of just talent on the roster, but also two teams that have coaches that are from a very similar kind of upbringing and play a very similar style and demand that their teams give max effort and are out there hunting the ball and trying to get turnovers. So certainly it'll be an interesting game. It's one that I think a lot of Bears fans circled as a win when the schedule came out. Obviously, you can't really do that. The game's going to be close. The Texans, while they're not good, I mean, they've tied the Colts and they lost by a touchdown to the Broncos in a game that they were in the entire time. So... Not that the Colts or Broncos are the 72 Dolphins right now, but the, the Texans are, are play. They're not going to come into Chicago and lay down. You know, Lovey's going to have those guys fired up and yeah. they've got some talent. They've, they're uh you know what Lovey's going to want to do, right? Lovey's going to want to run the ball, get off the bus running, as he always used to say. The, the problem with them is they only really have one running back. They've got uh, Damian Pierce, who is the rookie from Florida, and he's really good. But yeah. their, their backup is Rex Burkhead. Yeah. And like, if you had told me he retired, isn't he like thirty five? Yeah. If you had told me he retired in twenty seventeen, I would have believed. You. But, <laughs> and they've got a couple of pretty good receivers. I mean, Brandon Cooks is awesome, but you know, Davis Mills doesn't really strike fear into your heart. He's okay. He's been. He's, yeah, I would say Brandon Cooks is. Okay. Oh, I think Brandon Cooks is really good. But Mills is, you know, Mills is decent so far. He was drafted in the same year as Fields. He's probably been the most productive quarterback from that class. 
he's not necessarily fast, but he'll move the pocket on you a little bit. So it'll be interesting to see what Lovey's game plan is. The Bears have had a lot of uh, a lot of trouble stopping the run, and it wouldn't surprise me if Lovey just tries to pound the ball all game, just because that's what he likes to do. And then defensively, we know what Lovey's going to want to do, especially on a defense like theirs, which doesn't have a ton of talent. He's going to want to play bend, don't break, and kind of hang back and make the Bears, you know, run 15, 16 successful plays to get into the end zone. And that's not something the Bears have a great track record of doing, so it'll be an interesting game to watch. Well, It might, and... it might not be a fun game to watch. It might be kind of <laughs> ugly at times, but... One of the things they did note, uh, note on there, Bears' highest sack rate in the NFL uh, 12.5%. Um, and that's, you know, what is that stat? Is that offensive or defensive? Allowing. Okay. So. Yeah, allowing. So, allowing the highest sack rate in the NFL. Um, so, it's, it's partially, it's part of what you were saying, because nothing is clear cut, right? It's, it's not all one thing, but it, some of what you were saying, you know, you want to see, some of these things, some of these mistakes from last year, you want to see them. You feel like they should start to be getting worked out, right? right? Um, uh, and I think that's fair. Um, I also think, uh, you know, the fact that our offensive line, um, you know, came together two months ago should not be ignored. Um, and that we have an entirely new coaching staff. We've been all, all through this. There's just a lot of factors, I think, that contribute to that number. But I think that, um, you know, one of the things that we're seeing is Getsy growing with his young quarterback and saying, okay, um, he can do this, he can't do that. Our offensive line can do this, but they can't do that. Um, you know, we, we're not getting... Uh, the best offensive weapons that we have uh, involved enough. What do we need to? Do, what do we need to do to change there? Um, and with Montgomery, Montgomery looked like an absolute beast against yeah. uh, against the Packers, and you know he seems to be running very well this year. And the Texans can't stop the run either. Uh, I you know they're gonna go. We know that that's what Eberflus wants to do. He, as overall, as a whole, he wants to see tough defense. He wants to see hard running. He wants to see fields in a pocket passing. Um, and then Getzy, you know, he he came from he came from dealing with you know twelve all the time, dealing with Rodgers all the time. We want to see. He wants to see Fields expand that playbook uh, and get the ball downfield. That's that's what's going to be interesting to me about this because the Bears should be able to run the ball pretty easily against Houston. And Lovey, as we just talked about, is, is going to give you those kind of check down throws. Like those passes I talked about, those four, five, six, seven yard passes, you'll be able to get those against this defense. I'm interested to see if Getze tries to open it up a little bit more than that and actually take some shots. I would like to see that in this game because the number one goal here is really to develop the quarterback. Agreed. But for them, they're also just trying to win the game. I mean, the Bears could maybe win this game without throwing the ball a single time. Like, they could, between Fields, Montgomery, and Herbert, they could just keep the ball on the ground and just pound away at the Texans all game. 
the, the Texans might try to do the same thing. I just don't think the Texans are going to be as successful at it just because they've only got the one guy really that scares you and they've got the receiving game that is, you know, okay. But Davis Mills, I, I, I was, it was a tweet from uh, Joe Ostrowski and he, it was interesting. Like Davis Mills home road splits are insane. Like at home, he's like, his stats are like comparable to like Rogers and on the road, he's like not an NFL quarterback, <laughs> which is kind of kind of weird. But you know, Soldier Field will be loud, so I, I, I think if the Texans are trying to throw the ball, I think they'll have the Bears will have their opportunities to get some takeaways. And as you mentioned, sack rate, the Texans don't have a great pass rush. They have one guy on the end that is able to get after the quarterback, but other than that, it's a it's a bunch of no names on the line. So I don't know. I I, I think the Bears should win this game i think they are a little bit better than the texans you also just know that lovey like when given the opportunity to be conservative will take it and that more times than not comes back to bite you so i I, i'm feeling a bears win here i know it's not necessarily a hot take to say they should beat the texans at home but there's no gimmies for this team but oh and certainly for our over bet we need this one (laughs) because if you lose this one you're probably not going over six and a half wins yeah so uh agreed there on all points root for tom and me (laughs) yeah we uh i do think that um this is a perfect uh opportunity for them to come out uh have the have the running uh be the the dominant part of the offense you know, that one of the things they brought up about last week, you know, with the amount of pass attempts, um, is that actually uh, the amount of rushes versus the amount of passes was just about dead even. Um, so, uh, you know, but when we, when we do see fields drop back, I like the idea of having some of those short uh, uh, automatic completions uh, to get a rhythm going. And definitely, Fields does have the ability to get the ball downfield. Yeah, he it's not something we have to wonder about. He's already done it. What we need to see is we need to see it translated onto the field this year. Yeah, I agree. So, so we'll see. This is this is the step down in competition. This is one of the weaker teams you're going to see all year, and it's coming at a time when both teams are still at least somewhat healthy so i don't know I'm, I'm hoping for a good performance i'm hoping that it'll reduce some of the hot takes that are flying around the internet and then maybe we can kind of settle in and be just kind of on the ride for the rest of the season if you lose to the texans there will be no calm in the fan base though, so <laughs> the, if, if the bears lose on sunday then bears twitter will be a, a place to avoid for a while but i'm feeling a bears win it might be kind of ugly but I think they they come out of this one two and one. We're gonna be at the bar. Yeah, we'll be at Allery's. We'll be at Allery's watching. Uh, hopefully, you can come join us. Bear down. Yeah, bear down.